Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Well, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for what you have done in the past, what you have done today and are doing and what you will do. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you hold our lives and you help us stand in every season that comes our way. We thank you for your word that we get to come around your table. It's not our table, it's your table. And we thank you that it's your word, your bread that you've put out for us, Lord. Though we can't see it with our natural eyes, We come with hungry hearts to feast today. Lord, we thank you that it's only by your grace, only by the help of the Holy Spirit, that we can stand on your word. And Lord, I ask for your grace that we don't just hear the word today and our ears are tickled and we feel excited, but Lord, may we be doers of the word. We ask for for grace to do so, Lord after we leave this building all the way through the week until next Sunday and the week after and so on. We thank you and give you glory, give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I uh, it was kind of funny because I was praying over the word that God wanted to say and um, I'm a new mom, as you know, have a 10-month-old, and um, shout out to all the moms out there, your heroes, (laughs) and dads, oh, God bless you, dads. I'm just mentioning moms because I'm talking about myself right now, okay? So, um, and what, in this season of life, I am um, in of motherhood, which is such a joy, and I'm cherishing it so much is um, when I was praying over, over the word, all I saw was Nathaniel trying to stand with all his might. If any of you have had um, a child or you've been around babies who are in this f- uh, phase learning how to walk, that's their life's goal. They, their mission in life as a baby is to get on those two legs and stand and eventually walk. And, um, you know, this, this mission of Nathaniel's was so strong in his heart one night, probably for a week straight. He just woke up at 1 a.m. standing in his cot out of a deep sleep. How do you do that? I, I try to think of myself like I'm lying down and I somehow just, he just springs up standing. So this is my son, and that's what I saw in my heart. And um, so standing, and we have this spiritual principle of standing. We hear about walking in the spirit, being seated in heavenly places. Um, Oftentimes we don't acknowledge that we can stand in the spirit. We can stand in God. We say stand on the promises of God, well, what does that exactly mean? What does that look like? Because we know physically I am standing right now 
but we know we live in a spiritual kingdom. We are spiritual people. So what does it mean to stand spiritually? What does that look like? Well, that's what I wanted to hone in on today. Not me, the Lord. To hone in on today is having done all to stand. Because I tell you what, Nathaniel will get any obstacle out of the way just to stand. That's his mission. And even Nathaniel gets tired of standing and has to sleep as a 10-month-old baby. He'd, he wouldn't sleep if he didn't have to, if his body didn't need it, if it was his own choice. He'd just stand all his, all his day, every hour of the day. And um, it was interesting because I read this case study. I like reading case studies. And it was, they took five Marines and they had them follow, they each had their own toddler to follow around for seven days straight. And the trick of it was they couldn't just sit and watch the toddlers do what they do. Like I do with Nathaniel, I get tired watching him sometimes. No, they actually had to, if the toddlers got up out of their seat, and they wanted to walk over here and play with the toy. They wanted to run there. Two-year-olds. Then the Marines had to do exactly that. <laughs> they, had, they had to copy their movements. And so they were testing energy levels or the stamina that is found in toddlers versus adults. I tell you what, those Marines, they are fit guys. They were just horribly, terrifically tired at the end of the week. They, ha they struggled to keep up at the end of those seven days. Now, I'm thankful in my life I can sit on the couch and watch Nathaniel, not have to follow him, you know, doing everything. I have to help him a lot. But where do these young children get their stamina, this energy from, this ability to be on their own two legs constantly? So, as Christians, what's the source of our stamina to stand? What's who, what is the source of our energy, our ability to stand, spiritually speaking, and to not get weary? Because standing after a while, I remember when I was pregnant, heavily pregnant with Nathaniel, by, you know, eight, nine months, my ankles would get swollen if I stood for too long. I was like, I gotta sit down. So, spiritually, we don't want swollen ankles. <laughs> we don't want swollen ankles. We don't want to get to the end of seven days of trying with all our might. I'm gonna stand firm. I'm gonna do all that I can do to stand. It gets tiring. You get weary. And you have to sit down at some point then. Well, how do we keep going? We're going to dive into that. In Psalm 20, verse 6 to 8, verses 6 to 8, says, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed, and he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall. Who's they? They that don't 
trust in the name of the Lord our God. What happens to them? They collapse and they fall. They get tired. They stumble for whatever reason. And when I read they collapse and fall, it kind of gives this implication that they just stay there. They're just fallen. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, but a fallen man in battle. There's no hope of them getting up. And it's tragic. There's a but, though. It says, but we rise and we stand upright. Not slouching, not tired, not with a limp in our leg. Upright. This is the promise of God to us as his church. Isn't that amazing? Standing gives a lot of implications. When you are standing firm, the Bible says, there's this picture that you are unmovable. You're not easily knocked over. You're unshakable. You're fixed. You're focused. You've got the stamina to keep going. And you're stout and also resilient. Someone can try to push you, but you're resilient. You're that planted. So again, this type of standing takes place in our heart. And I found this really interesting because I pulled up uh, in the Hebrew that word stand, in, but we rise and we stand upright again. And it's the, Greek, uh, the Hebrew word, ud, say ud. Yeah, again, if you don't get anything out of this today, remember ud. It's a fun word. You can remember it, I promise. What does it mean? To do again. Okay, to do again. How do we do it again? Okay, to return. Isn't that an interesting definition of standing? that they chose here, that the stand here means to return. That's quite fascinating. You know, uh, sometimes I'll go about my day and I'll start to feel overwhelmed. And I'm saved. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I know I'm loved by God. But my soul tries to get a little bit frazzled over something. What I get from this verse of scripture is instead of feeling like, oh, I've missed it already for the day, I just return. I just acknowledge the Lord. That's how you return. You know you're, he loves you. You're saved. You haven't lost anything of that. And anything of that. But you just go, Lord, you just pause. Lord, I acknowledge you. I just return my eyes, my position, back to standing instead of being all frazzled and overwhelmed. And oftentimes, there's when we're standing, sometimes in our Christian faith, we, we say this phrase a lot, though we fall, we get back up again. Though we stumble, we get back up again. Have any of you heard that? We, 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 I think I've said it even. Well, 
I need to get back up again. <laughs> Where's my thought? <laughs> when, when we stumble, though, what's interesting is the devil would like to make you feel bad and condemn you. And that's the way he can do it is, oh, I've missed it. I've stumbled. I've fallen too hard. Did you know you're not bigger than God? You're not bigger than God. You're not bigger than the blood of Jesus to miss it that bad. You're not a fallen soldier. And so often the devil will try to bring condemnation to you. And it tries to put a limp in your stance. And instead of being bold before God, you're timid in your stance. So, this verse of scripture, we see just return. That's the key, it's just returning. Come, do it again. Look at Jesus again. Get your eyes off yourself. It'll help your stance. Praise the Lord. And I love that Jesus doesn't even talk about Anytime we come back to him and we know we've never left him. He's never left us. But again, that awareness of him comes back. In Ephesians chapter 6, this is a very famous chapter. Um, if you grew up in church, I'm sure you've heard it um, before. So I'll just pull out three scriptures from it. And it says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in heavenly places. Okay, that verse of scripture alone could have a whole sermon on. But we're going to keep going. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Amazing verses of scripture. Now, if we want to stand in these verses of scripture, it says to put on the whole armor of God. I remember back when I was 13, 14, I'd wonder what that meant. How do you put on the armor of God? I can't just go down to Woolies or Coles and buy it, put it on myself. And so um, around this time when I was pondering these things, um, there were some people in our church circles um, that came up with this idea. You know, when you get up in the morning, to put on your armor of God, why don't you act it out? You know, put on your helmet of salvation, act it out. Put on your, your breastplate of righteousness. Put on your shoes fitted with the gospel of peace. And so I thought, oh, okay, that's a good idea. Let me try that. Well, every, you know, for four days straight, I did that. I got up in the morning, because I was really hungry for the Lord. 
I'd be like, okay, Lord, here are my issues. Fed me with the gospel of peace. And then breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, etc. Well, um, I got tired of it <laughs> four days in. And probably on the third day, I remember going to school and I got really angry with one of the... Um, one of my classmates, and I think I, I, th I said something mean. Okay, well, that's not really good armor then that I, <laughs> I didn't really know. I didn't really know how to stand and have my armor. So, yeah, four days I quit doing that every morning. became really boring to me. And I'm like, I'm going to go put on breakfast instead. My, that sounds so good right now. I think that will fill me more, help me stand upright and not feel dizzy, not know where I'm going. So that's what I did. And um, I dove more into this. And um, that phrase, put on, it's the Greek word enduo. Say enduo. You can say it. You can learn something new. In duo. Um, and say oud. Okay, our, our two words. Uh, what does oud mean? Nice. I heard it. Guys, I, I, I actually didn't remember for a moment, so those of you who said it, you saved me. Um, in duo. Um, I, I really found this word interesting because it's the word endow. Endow. We know when you are endowed with something, it has to be given you from a higher authority. You can't endow yourself. That just sounds weird even saying that. I'm going to endow myself with a, with a lot of money, whatever. So that same Greek word, is the same word used when Jesus says to his disciples in Luke 24, verse 49, and he says, you will be in duo, endowed with power from on high. You will be endowed with the Holy Spirit. So, the key to having done all to stand is we can't do all to stand in our own efforts, our own power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what this, this is how we wear our armor. The Holy Spirit. He's the key. He's the way. And it would make sense because he's so many wonderful things to us. You know, um, I thought of this water bottle. When we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and this water bottle's just standing there, doing its thing, being water, you can try to squeeze it from the outside. Nay mentioned earlier scripture with calamities, worldly um, just happenings, things that try to collide with you and you're standing 
You notice it's not getting crushed, though. It's not going to get knocked over because there's water on the inside. Well, if you have an empty water bottle, what happens? It gets crushed really easily. We used to do that growing up in school. It's like a competition who could drink the most water and crush the most bottles. Calamity came that bottle's way, okay, and crushed it. Well, when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in your heart. You're not just an empty water bottle. Aren't you thankful? So we know that's what that scripture means. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by our own efforts. It's by the Holy Ghost. It's by the Holy Ghost. So can we just acknowledge further who this wonderful person in the Godhead is? Are you, are you keen for that? Get to know him a bit more? Because if, if we want to stand firm, having done all to stand, and we want to stand, our desire is to stand, make it to the end of our lives, knowing we stood strong in our faith, then we need to know the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Okay. I... Uh, put together a list of all the wonderful names that the Holy Spirit is called. And these names give us the indication of his function and who he is, his personality, his characteristics, and what he desires to do in our lives and what he can do and what he has even done this morning when we were all worshiping and praying together. Okay. You know what else, too? The Holy Spirit... Often we, we almost list him, he's third on the list in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, because he's the third one, like, oh, I don't really understand him fully. I know he's, he's God, he's in the Godhead, he's important, but he seems a bit lesser because he's, you know, third listed. I'm good with Jesus and God the Father. I can understand them, but the Holy Spirit, I'm unsure of. No. No. What we often um, don't understand, we shy away from. Well, let's put a magnifying glass on the Holy Spirit then. Let's get to know him. Let's know him. Let's not shy away from the Holy Spirit. God forbid we do. Okay, so here are his names. He is called the Spirit of Christ. What do you know? We say Jesus Christ all the time. He is the Spirit of Christ. Jesus himself, when he ascended on high, sent his own Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amazing. He's called the Spirit of Grace. In John chapter 1, what was said of Jesus is that he is full of what? Grace and truth. It would make sense then that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Grace. 
He's the spirit of truth. Aren't you thankful for the truth? It makes you free. Well, it's the Holy Spirit's job to lead and guide you into all truth. And Jesus said again about himself is that I am the way and the what? Truth and the life. So the Holy Spirit, his main mission for those who are unsaved and those who are saved is to lead us to the feet of truth himself. The spirit of truth who leads and guides us into all of Jesus, to all the truth. He's the spirit of God, so God the Father. Spirit of God. Spirit of life. How many of you received an infusion of life already this morning? Just of what the Holy Spirit's been ministering and doing. He's the spirit of prophecy. We don't acknowledge this one enough. He's the spirit of prophecy. Inspired utterance. When we don't know what to say or how ought to say it, he inspires us. From the written word of God, he makes it alive to our hearts. You're in a circumstance, have a need, in a situation, you feel like you're not really standing or you're, you're feeling weary, what do you know? He inspires a word to you, to your heart, to prophesy over your life, to speak out and declare, and it helps you stand firm. He's the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit. He is utterly holy. And it is him alone who sanctifies us, sets us apart, makes us more and more into the image of our holy Jesus. That's his job. And he wants to do it. He even gives you the desire and the empowerment to live holy. Because you can desire to be holy all you want, but he gives you the power to do so. The spirit of glory. When the glory of God manifests, and you just, have you ever just stood before God in worship or even in your own private prayer time, and all you can do is be in awe? The Holy Spirit is revealing the glory of God to you. He's the spirit of understanding. Wow. Makes sense, because we can't understand spiritual truths without the spirit of God. He's the spirit of adoption. This may sound really bold, but Jesus could have come, died on the cross, went to the grave, rose again and ascended on high, and it could have all have been in vain had he never sent the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't be sitting here as children of God without the spirit of adoption himself. What? He does not get enough credit. Does not get enough credit. He's the eternal spirit. If you're in a temporary situation, the eternal spirit can help you see the end. The end result of that promise. And it keeps you standing. He keeps you standing. He's the breath of God. In the book of Acts chapter 2, when the disciples were waiting, 
for Jesus to pour out the Holy Spirit upon mankind to those who would receive the Holy Spirit. It says he came in like a gushing wind. He's called the breath of God. So amazing, isn't it? He's amazing. Convictor isn't a word, so I put he convicts. I almost put convictor and then it's like, you know, I don't think that's a word. I'll shy off that one. You know, grammar Nazi over here. He convicts. Even just last night, I was saying in first service, I um, didn't ask Andrew to do something. I commanded him to do something. And I felt entitled to it. And the Holy Spirit so lovingly corrected me. And I didn't feel one ounce of shame or guilt or condemnation. I was like, oh, thank you. And I was able to, able to correct it because of him convicting me. He's our counselor. I tell you what, he's the best Christian counselor. And you don't even have to pay money for him. Aren't you glad? Christian counseling is godly. A lot of people are called to it. I just want to remind you, though, you have the counselor on the inside of you. Yeah, no charge, free of charge. Comforter. He's a comforter. Have you ever been comforted in a sorrowful situation or a hard situation? I know I have. I said enabler here because without all these wonderful things that he's been doing, he... He enables us to do it all. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit is, is he enables us to live victorious life. He enables us to stand firm. He enables us to minister. He enables us to stand boldly before the throne of grace. He's a teacher. We can't teach spiritual truths without the teacher himself. He's a helper, an advocate, he's a guide, and a standby. I heard someone say one time, I was listening to a message, and they said about him being a standby. He literally stands by, ready to help you, to guide you, to comfort you. Isn't that amazing? No wonder he's such a constant friend. Get rid of that lie that you're alone. You have the standby, standing by, and standing inside you. And because he's a standby, he helps us stand. Because he's always standing. He has a whole well of power and strength and stamina. That's way more than those toddlers. But we can stand. And not only that, be a standby to others. Isn't that amazing? How selfless is the Holy Spirit? How humble is the Holy Spirit? Where this is what he's doing 24-7, glorifying our Lord Jesus, enabling us. And yet... He deserves this recognition 
He deserves this honor. Otherwise, we won't be able to stand firm in the evil day if we don't acknowledge him the way he deserves it. And it's our honor to do so. Hallelujah. Can we say thank you, Lord? Lay hands on yourself. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. What a friend I have in the Holy Spirit. I honor him today. Thank you that he never leaves me and that he's my standby. Wow. And that acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit keeps you full. I think of this water bottle. We can drink, the Bible uh, talks about how with the Holy Spirit, you can be so full. It says there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit where he doesn't just live on the inside, but he fills every part of you where you're so full, you're overflowing with rivers, rivers of living water. I don't even know if I had my mic that just then, I apologize. <laughs> rivers of living water. And I think if I drink out of this water bottle and it's standing there, it's gonna get more empty, isn't it? It's gonna get more empty. And the beauty of having the Holy Ghost is we always have a reservoir of water. If I drink it all the way to the bottom and I don't fill up again, and he wants to, he's an endless well, that's where I can get crushed and pushed over. But it's amazing because if I were to drink this or pour the water out, if you can just imagine water being poured in where it stays full, it keeps overflowing. This is the Holy Spirit. We're even to the point we could be giving out, giving out, giving out, but as we in our own time, acknowledge him. We can take it from him, receive from him. So we're able to give much because we receive much from the Holy Spirit. And that's how, with much receiving, much acknowledging of the Holy Spirit and his work, we're able to stand and be full to the point where water should be gushing, gushing out of this water bottle, if you can imagine. So, there's a parable in Matthew chapter 25, um, and oil is used as a similar example. It's not water, but oil, because often in the Old Testament, they would use oil, or I don't know if you've heard that phrase, anointing oil, or the anointing of the Holy Spirit, or we'll say, that person's so anointed. Um, well, we know oil's a symbol of the power of the Holy Spirit. Anointing simply means the presence, the person, the power of the Holy Spirit is at hand. 
And the Holy Spirit's the one to set us apart unto God's purpose. That's what the anointing does from the Holy Ghost. You can't have the anointing without the Holy Spirit. So, let's read this parable and kind of dive more into this and, and see how, how does this, what does this mean for us in having done all to stand? Matthew 25 says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Then the foolish took their lamps and they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. I love that it's not just flask. Flasks. I think a lot of times at the start of a new year or there's a new season of life, we can have a lot of excitement. Like, ah, hoorah, and then we can fizzle out really quickly and not stand very well. By the time we get to the December, it's like I'm ready to not stand but lie down, have a nap. I found that very quickly when we had Nathaniel, I'm only 10 months into parenting. And I realized very quickly, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. I need someone pouring into me every single day to train and to steward him. Not just, when, not just oh, I'm excited, I have a baby. It's like, nope, there's a marathon here now, raising this child. So how am I going to stand? Have the stamina. I need oil. Need the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to just start well. Because all these ten virgins had the same starting point. They started off. But how many of you want to stand firm to the end? All the days of your life. Okay. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. That was like this past December, we probably all slept. After the big year we had. But we're ready to go again. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. So they all had their lamps. And I see that lamp as a picture of you is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because we're meant to be the light of the world, not to put it under a bushel. Okay, and a lamp lights. So we, we are the Holy Spirit's temple. Well, so they all were there. But what happened? And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. They probably didn't foresee this delay coming of the bridegroom. They probably didn't realize it was going to be a marathon. This had enough. Maybe they were getting not just drowsy, but weary. Like, oh, he's not coming. Whatever. I'm going to keep taking a nap. Well, when they looked to the wise, the, wise, the five wise virgins, well, they asked for their oil. How many of you know you can't live off of someone else's intimacy with the Holy Spirit? 
You can't. If you want to finish your own course, because you are responsible for your own life, your own walk with God, this relationship, this precious Holy Spirit, must know him. Must know him not through someone else, not through a good message, but through life, living with him every day. And just to, and really after, um, this is what, what caused them to not make it to the end. And when they come to the door, I'll just skip to um, verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. So the bridegroom actually came in the end, took him up. So they're like, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I don't know you. You can hear almost the sorrow in the bridegroom's voice. I don't know you. And the key to making it to the end, here, here on earth, fulfilling the call of God on your life is when Jesus says, I don't know you. There's this beautiful invitation, if we want to stand, is actually by knowing him, by knowing God personally. We don't want to be foolish and know of him. It'd be like if I came home to Andrew and I never acknowledged him. Just We just lived in the same house, never interacted. Things would get cold really quick. Wow. And I love how in um, Philippians chapter 3, Paul gives us insight into this. In Philippians 3.8, I don't think I gave this to you um, production, so I'll just read it. About this invitation of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. He says, what is more? I consider everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I might gain Christ. Paul himself faced persecutions, tribulations, hardships, had, all, had weaknesses he had to face. How did he do it? How did he stand through all that? The verse of scripture we just read says, my purpose is to know Christ. And what was the result of that relationship with God? It was at the beginning of chapter four in the conclusion of counting everything as a loss and knowing Christ Jesus the result of that is therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm in the Lord this way. 
What way? Knowing him. That's quite amazing. That is amazing. Sometimes if, if a promise from the word doesn't come to me and I'm maybe worried over something, you know my starting point to dr start drinking from that well of the Holy Spirit so I can stand back up and stand firm is I just say who I know God to be. Say, God, you're faithful. God, you're true. You love me. I trust in your character. I trust in your person. And I tell you what, I start to stand back up. Start to stand back up. I might not have an exact scripture in that moment. One, almost 100% of the time, does come. But I start with who I know him to be. Isn't that amazing? And then, in so doing, I know him more. And I'm stronger because of the power of the Holy Spirit that fills me in that moment, strengthens me. So, if we want to have the stamina to stand firm, here are some other keys. We've, we've touched on returning at the very beginning. Returning is that acknowledging of the Lord. The second one we've touched on is knowing him, knowing God, knowing the Holy Spirit for yourself so that you are oiled up, ready to go for whenever he comes again, because he is coming. And we can stand, not just in this life, but to the point we stand and look at the face of Jesus. Amazing. So, another way to stand firm is by praying in the Holy Ghost. If you haven't received this wonderful infilling of the Holy Spirit, you might be saved, but you're hungry for more. You can receive what's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And a result of that is the Holy Spirit gives you this special language, and it's called praying in the Spirit, by the Spirit, inspired prayer. And so it, um, there's many scriptures, I won't go into all of them, but um, Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the spirit. Ephesians 5.18, um, don't get drunk with wine for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's this present active tense of we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but then we can drink more, continue to be filled. It's just amazing how you can have both at once. Okay, the third way you can stand, or sorry, fifth, I think I listed them all different, um, but cast your cares. Cast your cares. There's lots of scriptures that talk about don't let your heart get weighed down. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Um, don't be faint of heart or lose hope. There's all kinds of scriptures about that which can affect your standing if you don't guard your heart. So, uh, again, very famous verse of scripture. I'll quickly read it because we're running out of time. 
Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you want to guard your heart from growing weary and faint, take everything to God in prayer. Okay, another one is forgive. Forgive. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. Wow. We can be saved, experience the love of God. Man, the moment there's just a little bit of bitterness there, unforgiveness there, it can really, really hinder you from standing. Horribly so. It becomes a limp in your stance. And if you want to forgive, first feed on how much you've been forgiven by God himself. To get full of, full of that and the Holy Spirit will show you. And another one is the word of God. Um, Psalm 119.89, your word, Lord, is eternal, and it stands firm in the heavens. Aren't you thankful? The promises of God, the word of God, because they stand firm and they are forever established in the heavens. When we believe the word of God and the promises of God, it becomes a foundation for our feet and an anchor for our souls to stand firm. Okay, another one quickly is rejoicing. This is the last one. Rejoicing. If you want to stand firm and not grow weary, rejoice. Rejoice. I, re I remember I was um, experiencing horrible pain in my body. This was about two, two years ago now. And um, I was literally hunched over. I remember Andrew was next to me and I was on our bed hunched over. I wasn't standing. I was in a bowed out position in just horrible pain. And the Lord said to me, he said, are you going to bow down to this sickness or are you going to stand up and praise me? Whoa. That's, at first it was hard to hear of someone who's been experiencing perpetual pain on and off. So what do you know? I got out of bed was really hard. I stood up and I started to praise him. I didn't feel like it at all, but I started to praise him. And what do you know? I was healed. Haven't had an issue since. Praise God. Hallelujah. And all of these are activated by faith. It's that simple. You don't have to do anything to deserve any of these. You simply just believe that they're yours through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? Father God, we just thank you so much that we could come and, and really get to know your, your word and how we can stand firm in our own personal lives. And then as, as a body of Christ, we can stand with one another. Lord, I pray that you strengthen each person's heart here. I pray that you continue to equip them. We thank you for those promises that they are standing on. And we, we pray for strength and infusion from the Holy Ghost to continue to stand. We thank you that you are the one who holds us and keeps us from falling and our feet from stumbling. And we trust you to stabilize our stance. 
We thank you for a, a solid, stout, focused, standing firm all this year and into next year and in every year of our lives. We trust you. We trust you. Bless each person here. In Jesus' name. And if you haven't made this personal decision to know Jesus, we were talking about knowing the Holy Spirit, knowing him for yourself, this invite is for you too. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd like you to bow your head, say this prayer with me as well, and say this from your heart, that you want to call upon the name of Jesus and trust in him today. So say this, we'll say it as a church family as well. Father God, thank you for giving Jesus. Thank you that he died for me. That he was nailed to the cross for my sin. And that he rose again for me. I ask him to be the Lord of my life. I trust him to keep me. I trust him to hold me all my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, let someone know. We want to stand with you. We want to be beside you. And um, you can also go to our website if you want to at rhema.org.au forward slash next steps because once you're standing you can even have a whole walk with God it's amazing so we want to encourage you to do so and be so blessed church have a really victorious week standing in God and speaking of standing you're more than welcome to stand we're going to go out singing so God bless you if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.